Hey guys, and welcome to the Kavoda Leadership Podcast. Today, Jeff, what are we getting into today? Oh, good morning, good morning. Today we are going to be talking about leadership and the dynamics in a family and just how critical and important it is in knowing your family as a leader. That is a loaded subject. I feel like I'm going to say that every time we pick a subject to talk about. But this one... Um, I would say this one is a absolute foundational piece of leadership. Like, if you don't know this, you might be able to get by as a leader. You might be able to leverage or intimidate or I feel like leverage your people to do something and get something done, but to truly lead them well and to inspire them and to level that up, whether it's a, your business, your family, or whatever, a military group you're leading, whatever it is, to truly lead them well. You've got to know them and know them incredibly well. What oh, do you yeah. think on that, Jeff? Oh, most definitely. Um, like you said, you can you can intimidate and scare people into doing things, um, but unless you know who they are, their family dynamic, their background, uh, who they are as an individual, not only will you you won't promote them as an individual, but at some point there's going to be a, a breaking point or a breakdown or separation between. Uh, you as a leader and them as an individual in the direction you're trying to lead them in. Um, it'll get to a point where it's easier to lose them from a leadership standpoint and they won't see the goals that you're trying to, to get them to move towards. The overall big vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah they'll step away from it, you know. I, um, I didn't understand this principle until I saw how Jesus led his disciples and he literally just did life with them. Like, they were with each other every moment of the day. So, I think of my family, and when my son runs downstairs first thing in the morning, I can tell, at least for the morning, where it's going to go. I can tell if he's grumpy, if he slept, if he's happy, if he's dancing. Like, I can just read his body language and know what's going to come out of him. If I ask him to do some chores, where it's going to go. But that just literally came from time spent with them. So I applied that model to my business and it helped so much to truly grab a hold of like my staff. So whenever they walk in the door, because I've spent so much time with them and spent time with like doing the normal day-to-day operations and stuff, but also dive down and had meetings with them, had them over for dinner, had coffee with them and truly got to know them, got to know their past got to know their struggles, their victories, what defines, like I've literally sat down and asked them like, hey, what what defines success for you? Mm. What defines failure? When you look at yourself in the mirror, like not only like what do you see, but like in your brain and you're looking at yourself, like what do you see? Like what do you, what do you value in your life? What's, what's your worth in? So I asked all these deep questions and half the time I just get a blank stare and they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, I, I know it's painful, but just work with me for a second, you right. know? And from that, we've had some incredibly deep conversations, stuff from their past, and it's awesome because I know how to lead them better because of it. So whenever a stressful moment happens in the business or maybe at home and they come in, they walk in the door, I'm like, when no one's watching and, and they don't have to feel like they have to put on their, their leadership hat, I can like one-on-one pull them aside and be like, you good? And normally when I say, are you good? 
whatever emotion they're trying to control is just escalated, you know, but I, I'm able to see that and read that. So whenever I need them in a stressful situation, I know what's going on in their personal life. I know what's going on, what they're dealing with. So I don't, I don't in some ways call too little on them or ask too much of them in that. I got you. I got you. Um, kind of backtracking a little bit. Like, do you find that when you're, when you're first trying to develop those individuals, um, that you have to kind of take a back seat most of the time on like your overall vision of goals, just to kind of see who and where this person is first before you can start leading them, or if you're gonna start pulling them into the mix of of the things that you're you're trying to go towards. It's um, it's a little bit of both. So my goal is if they want to be a part of. Uh, let's let's just use an example the business for example I I ask them why they want to be a part of it and kind of what their overall vision is so I can see where their where their heart is where their eyes are where their vision is and if immediately out the gate I get red flags and their vision doesn't really align with mine it's not an end-all be-all but I always read into the deeper meaning on someone's answer I don't just take face value what they're saying I read their body language I see kind of what they're getting at but Immediately, I try to understand what they want, and then I tell them what my vision is. And if they sound interested, and they're like, yeah, like that sounds great, let's do it. Then becomes the process of me learning them and seeing if they're willing to be led to chase that same vision. So once, once we get past that, I would say that initial piece where I'm like, like Jeff, who are you? What do you want? What's, what's important to you? What's your goals? You tell me, and then I tell you me, so like we know each other, and there's that, that give and take there, and I'm saying, okay, so this is where I want to go, this is where we're going, are you on board, are you interested, and will you follow? Mm. And then from there, obviously, there's a give and take, you, like you constantly have to nurture that leadership role, like the, the initial commitment of, yeah, like you need to inspire them, and push them, and all of that, but like, I get to know them immediately, I allow them to get to know me. And then from there, it's just a continuous growth and strengthening of that family dynamic. You know what I'm saying? I got you. But it's it's beyond important to know your people. I would say the goal would be to know them like family. And actually, let's just let's just go right into that. That's great. Why would you? I guess what would be the pros and the pros of your business, whatever team or staff that you're leading, knowing them like family, why, why would that be good? Why would that be good? Oh, man. Uh, so I think a pro from that is if you're knowing them like family, you know, your family are the people you grew up with. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know most of the time what they're capable of doing. Um, sometimes you know what they're capable of doing beyond their own recognition. Yeah. You know, sure. uh, and I think that's very important to have because when you're leading people, sometimes you're going to need to pull that extra out of them. And sometimes they don't think that they're capable of doing it. But if you know who they are, you know what makes them tick. Uh, it's almost like, honestly, it's almost like God and his faithfulness. You see it in the past and you see where he was faithful in the past on so many things. And then you're living your life and you're like, man, this is, this is tough. Am I going to make it through this? And sometimes you have to remember the past to, in order to know where you're going in the future. Yeah. And it's the same thing with leadership. So, to lean on that strength. To it, just 
Exactly. Hope in that, in a way. Exactly. Sometimes you have to bring up that memory of, hey, look, you remember when you told me about this tough situation in your life that you made it through, and you didn't think you were capable of getting through this, and you buckled down, and you, you know, you did this, this, and this. Hey, we can make it through this as, you know, a team, as a family. Um, we can make it to this next step. It's going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be a little bit hard, but most cases it's the same thing represented just in a different way you know um and i think that's one of the reasons it's very critical and definitely a pro of knowing people as a family you know absolutely yeah i think back on my childhood and it's it's even more real now me being on the other side of being a parent but like i know my parents would drive me nuts and like i always knew they loved me they loved me but like why are we doing stupid stuff you know, or this annoying stuff now I'm on the other side telling my kids that and I see the same facial expressions and frustration in my kids and I'm like you don't get the big picture you know but like they're my people so as much as my kids and sometimes my wife we butt heads like when when I'm away from them I'm wanting to be with them mm. so even if we have bad moments stressful moments stuff's being broken there's messes there's chaos like we're still unified in the fact that we know that we're a family unit, that we're, that we love each other. I guess the better word there is not just family unit, but that we're, that we love each other. Yes. Like we see each other's fall. We see each other's short fuse, frustrations, morning, evening. We see it all and we choose each other. So we still choose to love one another and that bond you pull on that, whether you realize it consciously or subconsciously, in the stressful moments and in the good moments too, like you, you glean to that, you pull into that. So to be able to recreate that with a staff, your company, military group, whatever, whoever you're leading is, is beyond crucial. There's been so many moments that, for example, when COVID hit last year and we closed, me as a leader, I was like, I don't know where this is going, but I know where God wants to take that and I'm going to lead us there. And guys, you're along for the ride. Feel free to ask me questions. Uh, I'll be there as much as I can. But like, I, I know that I don't know where we're going, but we'll handle it together. You know, let, let's let's keep those open lines of communication. But being able to have that unity and that bond, and the main thing is your people who you're leading know that you truly care about them, and you just don't see them as a dollar sign, as a paycheck. They don't think that you're only using them to leverage your business to make more money. Like they know that you truly care. Man, there's no telling the potential of where you can lead them and what you can accomplish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and not just that, but I think it creates, like you said, it creates that safe space where the people that you're leading, if they do mess up on something, it goes back to who are you running to? You know, with you being the leader of the business and creating this family unit and this family dynamic, you know, let's just say if I made a mistake on something, I don't want to avoid you. My biggest thing is, hey, I want to go to Trav and be like, hey, this is what I did. Didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. What do we do? How do we handle this? And I think creating that safe place or that, that family unit of love shows, well, you know what? Jeff, you didn't handle that the right way, but that doesn't change the way I feel about you. That doesn't change the way uh, you are as 
as an individual, I know that you're still loving and kind and all of these yeah, things your, towards your people. It's not in your performance. It's and, in what God says about you. Exactly. And I think that is such a critical thing of knowing people's family backgrounds and family dynamics. Uh, you know, just leaning into some, some history things, people can feel that their worth is tied to certain situations oh, that have happened in their family. Yes. And they bring that baggage. You know, everybody has some type of baggage into business, into a job. Uh, they carry it around in their lives. And even though they've dealt with it, they still have triggers. And that's where a Absolutely. good leader Absolutely. picks up on those types of things. You that, know, That's why... I I like at the very beginning, I have a little cheat sheet for it, but I, I asked them, I think it's five questions, like, hopefully I can remember it, like, what is your identity? Define success for me. Define failure for me. When you look in the mirror and when you think of yourself, like, how do you see yourself? That's four. I don't know what the other one was. But, like, I asked them those questions, and I'm like, immediately, the first thought that writes into your, comes into your brain, write it down. Because I want to know the truth. I don't want to know the polished answer. I want to know what truly is your moral compass and what you think of whenever the situation arises. Right. And then we go through that, and I'll, I'll answer him. So there's there's some freedom there, and there's a, a ease of, hey, he's boss, and we're in his office, and we're in trouble. And like I, I get real with him, and I share life with him. And then I, I have another sheet of paper with the same questions. I'm like, this is this, these are the real answers. The real answers are God sees you as a success because X, Y, Z. God sees success as this. God sees failure as this. And I outline that, and I'm like, this is how, like, if you join Kavod here in this business, I'm leading always to God. So if you bring the business in a million dollars, or if you lose a bunch of money, like, my value of you will never change, because God's value of you never changes. I will love you. I will see you the same. Now, sure, there might be a standard that you don't meet. We'll meet about it. I'm going to tell you at the beginning you didn't meet the standard. However, the value of you doesn't change. Mm. But here's the standard. Here's what what went wrong. So when this comes up later, we see it. It's a red flag. We can pivot from what we did last time and we learn. So that has been beyond crucial because I mean we've had great moments in the business, but then we've had stressful moments where I've made a mistake, they've made a mistake, and we come in, and we sit down, like, all right, what went wrong? And at the beginning, they're like, kid, the principal's office, like super nervous, you know? And I'm like, no, like that's not why we're in here. Like, I want to I wanna learn, I want to grow, I want it to be better. And now whenever they mess up, they'll come tell me, like, hey, what do I do? How do I, how do I pivot this? You know, and they'll apologize. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that respect and that honor. But like, I don't see you any different. And they're like, okay, okay, cool. And that, that paradigm shift no longer is you as like the enforced, like the... Like, there's no intimidation there. Does that make sense? You're not like a, a scared, like a leader who they're scared of, but a leader that they respect and they want to follow and make proud. Yeah. And that difference, oh my gosh, is pivotal in, 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 a, in a business, in any leadership group, wherever you're trying to lead that group, for them to feel like they can come to you as the leader and you're like a proud dad and mom. And if you mess up, yeah, they'll teach you and instruct you and they'll discipline you. But, like, they'll never not love you. You'll never not have a place. So, that is awesome. And all this is great. But I guess a huge question, I've stumbled my way through it. How do you, how do you replicate this? How do you create that closeness and that unity and that family? So, we talk about the benefits of having your staff or whoever you're, you're leading, the group that you're leading 
benefits of being close with them and what it can leverage and the freedom that it gives you. How do you get that? Mm. Man. Uh, short answer, I mean, I think it has to do with your relationship with Jesus and God, you know? I think uh, I think good leaders are always willing to be led. And I think when you, you use, you know, Jesus' standard of leading and you're following his footsteps and you have people who are living that day-to-day life with you and that closeness to you, they may not always understand why you do certain actions or why you do certain things, but they're going to want to emulate that. They're going to want to copy that. They're going to want to model that. And if they can't model it, that's when it creates that dialogue. Hey, why are you doing this? Why do you operate this way? Why do you, you know, why do you talk to people in this manner about their worth and all of these other things? You know, it seems like you value something more than just a dollar sign. And I think with us, you know, as leaders, the biggest thing is, walking so close to Jesus that like if he stops we bump into him um are we going to get it right every single time absolutely not <laughs> you know absolutely not uh why because we're we're, we're completely human you know uh, there's going to be moments when we have bouts of anger stress uh you know emotionally we may not handle things the the right way but I think it comes back to you know recognizing the people that you're leading uh, I've been reading a book by a guy named Simon Simon Sinek, and it's called Leaders Eat Last. And I haven't gotten to the meat and potatoes of the book yet, but I think one of the biggest things that he says that's just so critical and important is, as a leader, you know, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's son that you're leading. And if you can keep that mindset and remember that, even if you're stressed out about something, even if you're going through something emotional it kind of resets you a little bit because you're realizing, man, this life that I'm living is not just for me. It's for the people around me. It's, you know, it's for the the individuals that are looking at me. Um, I heard a sermon that was so amazing the other day, and it was talking about uh, Jesus being in the boat in the middle of the storm, going going across the sea. And something that we don't often think about is there were other boats in that sea. So when he calmed those waves, he didn't just calm it for the immediate individuals on that boat that he was with. He calmed it for the boats that were also in the sea with them. And I think that ripple effect of calming this is something that's very critical as a leader that oftentimes we don't even think about, you know? Absolutely. So I like that. So the the family unit and that closeness, the bond, the strengths that come with that, that immediately is, so if you are the leader listening to this, the immediate way to forge that is to have a relationship with Jesus, to follow that. And I would say the second thing to kind of caveat that is you need to do life with your people. Yes. So yes, that can, that looks different in many ways. <laughs> it really depends on the person that you're leading. But I mean... What I have done is I try to not make my business where I'm leading my staff a place of business. That sounds really counterintuitive there. But whenever I focus on, I come in the door being like dad to my staff, checking up on them, having fun, 
Like, I'll literally hide around the corners with Nerf guns, shoot them with Nerf guns, scare them. Like, it creates that fun, playful environment where, like, they're, that unity is close. They don't just see me as boss who wants them in the office working and making money. I'll come down, and I'll, there's just moments where I feel like God's like, go spend time with them. So I literally will block off the day or part of the day, and I'll sit in there. I'm like, hey, how are you? And they'll, they'll say immediately, go to, oh, I'm doing this, and I I'm, I'm brought this person in, and the business is doing this. I'm like, awesome. We're not talking about that right now. Like, how are you? Like, how's life? What's going on? And sometimes we'll laugh. We'll just tell some hilarious stories. Sometimes it'll lead into, hey, this is going on in my personal life. What do you think? I need help. Can you, I'm stressed out. And, it, you know, it'll be a good dad moment, but most of the time it's just simply checking on them. We have a ping pong table in the gym. We'll go play ping pong. Um, my wife will have all the girls over normally like once a week, and they'll cook, and they'll watch some silly show. But it's literally just doing time with each other. And in that time spent, you you feel comfortable. You see the good moments and the bad moments of your leaders. They see whenever I overreact to my kids whenever I handle it very well and lovingly and I have it perfect, which is very rare. But they, they see those moments and in those moments that unity is built just by simply sharing life. Yes. And you might not always be able to have people over. You might not have a ping pong table in your office, but just simply slowing down, pushing your keyboard out of the way and having them come in and just small talk. Yep. Letting them know that you care about them as, a, as an actual person and not just an asset for your business or for whatever you're trying to achieve. That is huge. So then there's moments where like you as a leader, like I really need to depend on them or, or ask like, really, I really just need their help. And like, I can't, I can't lead in a certain way. I can't accomplish something. I'm like, I need you. Like there's been moments where I'm like, I have to leave and go do something with my family. And it's my responsibility to do this part in the business right now, but I can't, the family thing's more important. Can you pick up my slack? And they jump at the opportunity to help because they know how much that I would do the same for them. Not because I want something in return, but just because I genuinely love and care about that person. So I think number one is, is follow Jesus. But when you follow Jesus, he's going to tell you to love your people. He's going to tell you to spend time with them and cultivate that relationship. <clears throat> so kind of just, I guess, bring it full circle and summarize one of the most monumental pieces I feel like, and we both agree on, of leadership is to know the people that you're leading. Most definitely. And to, and to know them so well that they're almost an extension of your family. Yeah. From there, like you said, you see strengths, you see weaknesses, you see moments, you see something else inside of them that can be called upon for them to rise to the occasion. You set them, you set them in that controlled environment where they can succeed and they can fail. They can come to you and learn from the failure. So it's not really a failure. It's just, it's, it's a learning experience. And then from there, I mean, the sky's the limit. You have that unity, that love, that bond to grow, pursuing the same vision. I mean, what, could, what couldn't you accomplish with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely accomplish a lot of things. Um, and I think one thing we didn't hit on too is when it comes to leadership and family is uh, service. You know, being a good leader means you're putting yourself in a position of service to the people around you. Yeah. Um, and just understanding what that dynamic means and what it looks like. It doesn't mean you're being a pushover. doesn't mean that you're doing everything for them. But there's going to be moments where there's things that they don't know how to do yet. So that service is teaching them how to accomplish those certain goals or those steps. 
Um, you know, you think about uh, a dad just taking care of like the basic maintenance on a vehicle at the house where, you know, uh, oil change and all of these things need to be done. Could his wife do it? Of course he, she can. She's fully capable of doing those things. But in most cases, it's like, well, I don't want her to do those things because I want to be in service to her to let her know that, hey, I appreciate and I'm looking out and making sure that she has a safe vehicle to, to get back and forth to work. Um, the same thing, you know, with your son and things like that, that spending time with him is actually a form of service to him to show him, hey, I do care about what's going on in your life. Uh, I care about the sports that you're involved in. Like, oh, you don't know how to run this play? Well, let's study it. Let's go through this play. Let's figure it out. So you know how to run it the best way that you know how to run it, you know? Um, and I think that's a very critical thing that sometimes it's lost in businesses. Yeah. You know? I just had a, a perfect example, and it's a, it's a funny story. Um, so Reed was playing basketball. Reed's my son. And Reed was playing basketball. I think it was, I think it was last year, actually. So it's his third year playing basketball. We've had an emotional roller coaster over the last three years of him playing basketball. He is all in intense default throttle mode with everything. So if he's not the best or he doesn't understand anything, he is so mad it brings him to tears. Which I can handle that. He's passionate about it. So he's playing basketball. He's with his coach. Coach is leading. So the coach in this role is his leader. Right, I'm on the I'm on the sidelines, just being a, a dad that's caring and watching and cheering him on. So Reed makes a breakaway, gets the ball, he's going down for layup, and this kid catches up with him. Their feet get tangled. They both face plant into the court. And I know my son's fuse is non-existent, so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So he gets up, he gets in like a straight up power position loads his arm back and is about to swing a haymaker at this kid's face. He's climbing up off the court after face planting. And I know his coach is not going to be able to stop him in that moment. So I was my most deep bass, yell his name, and he like just cuts his eyes at me on the middle of the court. And I just stare at him and he just freezes and he walks off. So long story short, I meet up with him afterwards and he thought the kid just ran up and shoved him. Which, when they fell, it definitely looked like, bam! But their feet just got tangled. So I explained it to him, and it was good. But it was in that moment that the leadership role, I was so, like, my son knows me so well, knows my voice, knows my bass, knows my intensity, that he froze in the middle of the swing because of hearing my voice and the bass of it. But that just came with time spent. So his immediate leader in that is his basketball coach. His basketball coach... I haven't spent much time with them. It's, a, it's one season. They're halfway through it, you know? So being the magnitude of knowing your people and spending time with them, you're able to do incredible things, sometimes on a split-second moment like that, by your body language, your voice inflection, your tone, your inspiration. But that literally just come comes with time spent and, and knowing that they're loved and that they love you, that, that mm -hmm. mutual respect there. Um there's a million stories like that, <laughs> but it really comes down to just knowing, knowing your people so well. Yeah. And you can inspire them to do things that they never thought possible and might very well have never been possible if someone not believed in them and fostered that flame inside of them. Mm. You know? Yeah. 
That's good stuff, man. That's so, stuff. leaders, know your people. Yes. Know your people. Yes. And and kind of to piggyback off of that, you know, I have a, a pretty unique story. Um, when I was younger, uh, first time I met my older brother. And he came over and he hung out with us, uh, you know. And I was, I probably was about maybe 12, 12 or 13. And... It was interesting just seeing the dynamics of him and my dad interacting with each other. And I got a little jealous because it was like, well, that's that's my dad, you know? And I knew that he was my brother, but I wasn't used to him being a part of that family dynamic. Yeah, I wasn't used sure. to seeing that. So I took it as a form of jealousy and attention. You know, I wanted the attention. Wait, what? this isn't fair. What's going on? I'm not getting any attention anymore. And, you know, I think my dad ended up recognizing it because eventually he just kind of pulled me to the side and he said, and it was almost kind of like the story of the prodigal son a little bit. It was, it was very interesting. He was like, Hey Jeffrey, just because your brother's here doesn't mean I love you any less. Like there's a lot of time that you and I get to spend together. You know, you come hang out with me on the weekends pretty frequently, whereas he lives on the other side of the country. Um, it's been a while since I've gotten a chance to see him. So this is a time for him and I to catch up and just kind of reconnect and things like that. And it was in that moment, I was, oh, okay. So, you know, dad's not kicking me to the side. And I think when you see that sometimes in a business dynamic, especially if you bring in a new employee, that's something that you may have to deal with or, you know, readjust the system a little bit and kind of reassuring everybody else around like, hey, I got to spend some extra time with this person to develop them yeah. and get them where we need them to be. And you as a, a, a good leader or an intuitive leader should be able to read your other employees and see that in their demeanor. Yes. Um, and if you're not, you might not pick it up and there might be, you know, quarrels between your employees. Oh, yeah. It might not be as cohesive and you're like, what the heck's going on? So that's why it's imperative to know your people to understand that. We actually had that when we first opened. We had one coach for like a year or two before everyone else and we brought two more on and we had to bring them up to speed, you know, and I could tell there was a little bit of like, no, I wouldn't say jealousy, but she worried like she was not meeting our standard, wasn't doing enough, so we had to bring on more people. So I explained the vision of how we wanted to grow and where we wanted to go and that just a, a team of three would, would not, we would drown. We wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Then that vision, that model shifted, and I mean, now it's one giant family. They're cutting up, scaring each other. They call each other, hang out with each other all the time. It's super cool. Man, I, I love that. That's so good. Leadership, one of the most immediate foundational pieces we'll dive in more is, is knowing your people. Yes. Okay, some helpful ways on how to do it. So, guys, that's a wrap for the Kavod Leadership Podcast today. You can follow us on Instagram, Kavod Leadership. If you have any questions or topics you want us to hit, you can reach out to the leadership at gmail.com and stay tuned for the next podcast.